Welcome back to Berkeley Rocks, only here on 90.7 FM, KALX. While our conceptions of human nature affect every aspect of our lives, from the way we raise our children to the political movements we embrace, yet just as science is bringing us into a golden age of understanding human nature, many people are hostile to the very idea. They fear that a biological understanding of the mind will be used to justify inequality, subvert social change, dissolve personal responsibility, and strip life of meaning and purpose. Well, joining us today on Berkeley Garage to discuss these issues is Professor Steven Pinker. He is one of the world's leading authorities on language and mind, and has just authored a new book entitled The Blank Slate, The Modern Denial of Human Nature. His popular and highly praised books also include Words and Rules, How the Mind Works, and The Language Instinct. He's the recipient of several major awards for his teaching and scientific research, and is the Peter D. Flores Professor of Psychology in the Department of Brain and Cognitive Sciences at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Professor Pinker, thank you very much for joining us today on Berkeley Grocks. Oh, thanks for having me on. Uh, well, you've written a very fascinating book, The Blank Slate, and uh, I'm just curious if you could explain a little bit about uh, what The Blank Slate is and um, some of the ideas behind it. The Blank Slate is the idea that we're born without any talents or temperaments and that the entire contents of the mind come from experience, learning from parents and culture. It's an idea that, uh, that I think is false, but it's an idea that has a lot of moral appeal, and political appeal, and I think some of our science of uh, the human mind has been distorted by a fear that if you acknowledge any innate uh, abilities, you're opening a Pandora's box of unfortunate consequences. I see. And how did this uh, idea of the blank slate uh, arise? It's often attributed to John Locke, the English philosopher in the 17th century, who wrote that uh, that the mind is like white paper and that all of its inscriptions come from experience. Now, Locke probably doesn't deserve the blame for this, but it, the idea became especially popular in the 20th century as social science uh, took over and, and tried to explain every aspect of human experience in terms of socialization and culture. Uh, and it really was cemented after the Second World War, partly as a reaction to the Nazi pseudoscience of, of racial differences of, of superior and inferior races. And that left a, a bad taste uh, surrounding anything mentioning genetics and evolution and probably distorted the way we understand what makes us tick. How has this idea then influenced our, our social and political um, climate in, in this country? Well, it's, um, I think it leads to uh, an exaggeration of um, the effects of parenting, for example. Parents have been blamed for everything that goes wrong with their children. There was an uh, idea that autism was caused by an icebox mother who didn't display proper affection to their children, and that schizophrenia was caused by mothers putting their children in double binds, uh, and uh, ideas that I think are almost certainly wrong. Uh, and even the movement among yuppie parents to bathe their children in, in language and visual stimulation and in, in the hopes that this will shape them into uh, super kids, I think reflects an idea that, that parents have much more uh, influence over their children than, than they really do. In your book, you talk a lot about the, the scientific evidence uh, against uh, a blank slate. Well, some of it is just taking seriously what learning has to consist of, no matter how important learning is, and it, it surely is important. It can't take place without some kind of innate circuitry to do the learning. And when cognitive scientists try to explain what makes learning possible, what, what allows children to learn language or to learn the ability to uh, infer people's mental states so they can interact with them in a socially normal manner, or uh, how they learn arithmetic, or how to get around in space, um, you've got to posit some kinds of innate mechanisms just to get the child off and running. Uh, also from behavioral genetics, we know from studies of twins and adoptees that differences in genes among people can cause differences 
studies in behavior, the most dramatic example being the Minnesota study of twins reared apart, which shows that identical twins who are separated at birth, who share all of their genes but not their family upbringing, are uh, highly similar, uh, in fact, as similar as twins who grew up together. And there are studies from evolutionary psychology of human universals, of uh, patterns of thought and behavior that you can see in uh, every culture known to anthropology. There are no cultures out there that are free of violence, for example, or jealousy, or lang complex language. All of those seem to suggest that we're not blank slates, but that our brains have to come organized to make learning possible. And how, how would this be specified, genetically or, or developmentally? Well, de development proceeds largely because of the structures made possible by the genes. So yes, the genes would organize the brain to learn and develop in, in some ways and not in others. You talk a little bit about some of the other ideas behind why the blank slate has been criticized. Well, I just listed some of the reasons. It's just um, it would be magic if uh, uh, a blank slate were able to do all of the feats that humans are, are capable of. I mean, blank slates don't do anything, uh, whereas children do things like acquire language and uh, control their arms and legs and reason about the world. The idea of the blank slate is... Um, uh, unlikely simply because uh, it's incapable of the things that we know that humans are capable of. Uh, you say that many people, I guess, believe in the blank slate for uh, moral and political reasons. Yes. I think the appeal of the blank slate is that, for one thing, it makes inequality impossible in, uh, in principle, because if we're uh, all blank, then by definition we're all the same, whereas if, some, if we come into the world with something written on our slates, then some people could have more of it than others, and so it's a kind of a lazy shortcut to equality if you assume that people start out with nothing. Um, I think this is a non sequitur because political equality is the policy of treating people as individuals, treating them fairly, and it doesn't require the empirical uh, belief that we're literally biologically indistinguishable. There's also a fear that if, if we're born with certain nasty traits like selfishness or uh, self-deception or uh, a uh, tendency towards adultery or rape or violence, then that would make them uh, natural and then therefore good or at least unchangeable. And so it would subvert hopes for social reform. It would, it would dash the age-old dream of the perfectibility of mankind. Whereas if we're blank slates, then the possibilities are limitless and we can design a utopia in which people are never tempted towards antisocial acts to begin with. Uh, I think there's also a fear that biology could be used to evade responsibility, that you would have murderers saying, it wasn't me, it was my genes, I can't be held responsible. And among some people, especially religious people, but not only religious people, there's a, a fear of, of nihilism, that if, we're, if we come into this world with our thoughts and feelings made available by the activity of the brain, which is a product of evolution, as opposed to having a soul that was given to us by God, then nothing would have any meaning or purpose, that we would just be robots programmed to maximize copies of our genes, and there'd be no reason to go on living. Now, I, I in, in the blank slate, I refute every one of these fears. I think they're, they're all based on non-sequiturs. Mm -hmm. And that, in fact, denying human nature, pretending that we're blank slates, can actually have worse moral consequences than acknowledging that, that there is a human nature. Huh, for instance? Well, if um, I, the blank slate, I think, invites totalitarian social engineering. If we're blank slates, then uh, political leaders are, are apt to think, well, we, we damn well better control what gets written on those slates. Mm -hmm. And uh, you invites the, the uh, government to control child-rearing and education and the arts and the media and all aspects of life. Also, if the emphasis on you know, genes is robbing us of responsibility, 
responsibility ignores the fact that it's actually the environment that's been brought in as a way of evading responsibility, that in many clever defense lawyers have tried to get their clients off the hook by saying it was the way they were brought up, mm-hmm. like the Menendez brothers who killed their parents and then said it was because they were abused as children, mm-hmm. or the um, rapists who are s- sometimes argue that they couldn't help it because it's because of growing up in a misogynistic society and being inflamed by pornographic images. So it, it muddies our mind, and it uh, this a fear of biology and genetics, and it makes us uh, come to ridiculous conclusions in uh, other areas of life. So, so do you feel that without a blank slate, then we can still, I guess, achieve these sort of grander ideas of expanding his human uh, potential? Yeah, we can, we can, we can get better. We, I, I don't think we can attain a utopia, and in fact, many historians have uh, come to the conclusion that it's utopian dreams that have led to some of the worst atrocities in history, such as uh, Mao's China, in which uh, some 35 million people were killed, or the uh, Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, who killed probably a quarter of their uh, citizens in their their quest for utopia. Uh, because if you want a utopia, human beings are kind of a nuisance with, with all of their, their selfish uh, and short-sighted urges, and, and you're tempted to try to create a, a new man, uh, which inevitably leads to repression. Uh, I think we, we have enjoyed progress, often by acknowledging human nature, such as the rule of law and democracy with its checks and balances, which which is based on a rather pessimistic view of human nature. It says that leaders, being human, will naturally strive for power and will delude themselves about how virtuous they are. And so you need a political system in which people's ambitions will be checked by other people's ambitions. Uh, likewise, because everyone thinks they're right and that their neighbors are wrong and that they'll therefore uh, engage in blood feuds and vendettas whenever one person harms another that can go on forever. What you need is courts of law and a legal system that uh, where you get third parties judging who's right and who's wrong. Uh, these are ways in which we've definitely improved our lot. We, we enjoy much lower rates of violence than uh, pre-state societies and tribal societies. And it comes about by realizing that we're, we are flawed creatures. We can do something about it but not unless we acknowledge those flaws and build our institutions around them. Indeed, indeed. Well, it looks like we're running a little bit out of time. I'm just curious if you, you have any final words on the interaction between our genes and our environment. And Yes, the blank slate doesn't argue that genes are everything and, and learning is nothing. I mean, only, only a madman could believe that. Hmm. It simply says that we should investigate how the mind works uh, honestly and objectively, not fearing that the presence of innate talents uh, has evil influences, not try to put a moral thumb on either side of the scale, uh, but but realize that there are, are um, ways in which all positions can be distorted, and just try to understand us the way we are. Well, Professor Pinker, thank you very much for your time, and uh, Professor Pinker is the author of The Blank Slate, The Modern Denial of Human Nature. Thanks for joining us today on Berkeley Grox. Uh, thanks very much for having me. But before we head up for a break, I just want to remind you that it is our annual KLX fundraiser. That's right. And if you want to donate some money, just give us a ring here at 642-KALX. We will take anything you can give us, all in the name of science. Hello? Hello, this is Stephen Hawking. Whoa, the Stephen Hawking? I say Stephen Hawking. I wish to pledge some money. Really? I want to pledge a lot of money. Money to the KLX station. What about your wheelchair? Don't you need uh, money for that? No, my, my, my wheelchair is no longer responsible. I have transcended the powers of the universe. I am Stephen Hawking. I'm the master of the universe. Wow, not only are you smart, you're rich. I'm rich as well. I would like to pledge all the money I have to KLX. Cool. Uh, do you want a bumper sticker with that? 
I would like a bumper sticker for my wheelchair, yes. Okay, and how about a t-shirt? I would like a t-shirt. Really? How about two of them? I would like two t-shirts. Really? Give me wow. as many t-shirts as you have. I'm Stephen Hawking, I'm the master of the universe. What about a CD opener? I would like a CD opener as well. How much would that be? Just $95. Just $95. That is no problem for me. I'm Stephen Hawking, the master of the universe. Whoa. Well, thanks a lot for calling us, Steve. The master of the universe. Bow to me. Bow to me. As they do it for more about the Glocks here on KALX.